Hello, and welcome to the Lung Force podcast series. My name is Alexis, and I'm your Lung Force host from the American Lung Association in Buffalo, New York. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer deaths in America for both men and women. People that you know are struggling with lung cancer, COPD, asthma, and more every single day. We hope to change the stigma that lung cancer only affects smokers, that asthma is only a mild issue, that polluted air doesn't impact our lung health, and much more. Our Lung Force initiative is designed to do just that. Lung Force was founded in 2014 in response to the rising rate of women being diagnosed with lung cancer. Each year, we host our Lung Force Walk to raise funds and awareness for research, education, and advocacy around lung cancer and lung disease. Each month, we'll bring you a few episodes covering different lung health topics that are local and relevant to our community by interviewing experts around the area and digging deeper into the lives of those affected by lung disease. Thank you for tuning in and joining our Lung Force. American Lung Association in Western New York Community Conversations is sponsored by Independent Health. Independent Health is extremely active in the Western New York community, promoting healthy lifestyles by giving people the opportunity to engage in physical activities throughout our cities, healthy meal options and plans, and personal health care programs. Visit their website at independenthealth.org to learn more about what they do and how to get involved with them. This month, we are celebrating Lung Cancer Awareness Month by raising awareness around lung cancer, the number one cancer killer for both women and men. Here this month to join our Lung Cancer Awareness conversation is Dr. Cheravu, a board-certified radiologist at Winsong Radiology, specializing in neuroradiology and cross-sectional imaging. We are so excited to learn more about lung cancer and lung cancer screening today, so without further ado, we welcome Dr. Cheravu. Good afternoon, Dr. Cheravu. Thank you so much for joining. How are you today? Thanks, Alexis. Uh, how are you? I'm doing great. We're really excited to have you on here and talk a little bit about lung cancer specifically. I know during the community conversations, we touched on a lot of different areas of lung health. And the last time we really talked about lung cancer was possibly a year ago. So I'm excited to bring it back and, and really um, hit home with, with what we're all about. So could you just give us a reminder of the importance of lung cancer screening and how it helps lung cancer patients? Yeah, Alexis. So, you know, as you know, uh, lung cancer screening is very important. I mean, the simple answer is uh, early detection saves lives. So the earlier that we can find a small cancer means that there's a much greater likelihood of survival. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And we have some information from the Lung Association that I can make sure to link below that goes over a little bit more of what that can look like for certain people. So along the lines of the lung cancer screening, now that you know, we understand that it is important for people to get, if you're eligible, what are the eligibility requirements for a lung cancer screening? I know that they have been updated over the past year. So would you be able to go over those? And I know they are an improvement. So why they are such a great improvement? Yeah, it's actually an excellent question, Alexis. So, you know, as it stands right now, the United States uh, Preventive Services Task Force, which is essentially the kind of government's regulatory body regarding screening services in the United States, you know, covers uh, mammography, colonoscopy, so on and so forth. Uh, they also had the recommendations on uh, lung cancer, lung cancer screening uh, by CT. Uh, and the good news is that they, their criteria has expanded to include more more people. So as it stands today, uh, if you're age 50 
uh, and have a 20 pack year smoking history, meaning that you uh, smoke one pack a day for 20 years, two packs a day for 10 years, so on and so forth. Uh, and you are a smoker at this time or have quit within the last 15 years, you qualify for the lung cancer screening exam. And there should be no copay involved with that. In other words, it's since it's a preventative screening service, uh, as long as you get a script from your doctor, you can get the scan done and there is no uh, out of payment expense for the patient. It's, it's covered in whole by insurance. So I think that's a very important thing for your, your listeners to, to know. Uh, and you know, to just piggyback on that, these recommendations actually have just changed uh, just a few months ago in, in March of 2021. Uh, and as a result of the, of the expanded criteria, it's doubled the number of people who are eligible for lung cancer screening. So it's gone from about 7 million uh, people in the United States to about 14 million people, a million people in the United States are now eligible for lung cancer screening. So a huge seismic shift in the guidelines in favor of lung cancer screening. That is amazing. I had not actually heard the numbers of the difference of how many more people are eligible now. So thank you for sharing that. That's great. Would you be able to touch base on what those criteria are? Yes, so very important. So once again, you, in order to qualify for lung cancer screening, you need to be between the ages of 50 to 80. You have to be a current smoker or someone who has quit within the last 15 years. And you have to have at least 20 pack year smoking history. So in other words, if you have smoked one pack a day for, for 20 years or two packs a day for, for 10 years or four packs a day for five years, whatever multiple adds up to uh, get you to, to 20 pack year history, then you qualify for the, this, this uh, free exam. That's awesome. Thank you. So you mentioned one of the criteria for screening is people with a smoking history. But when we're talking about lung cancer, not just screening for it, but actually being um, diagnosed, we know that it is possible to get lung cancer without being a smoker. So could you talk about some of the other possible risk factors that individuals should be aware of? Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, you know, smoking is the, the number one cause or the, the, the greatest risk factor for, uh, for developing lung cancer. In fact, 85% of patients uh, with lung cancer have a smoking history. That being said, you know, certain other risk factors include uh, occupational risk factors, you know, firefighters, construction workers, what have you. Uh, secondhand smoke is a, is, is a big thing. You know, I mean, obviously, the good news is that the uh, people, number of people who smoke or the percentage of, of adult Americans who smoke has gone down over the years. That being said, you have a lot of uh, adults now who maybe as children didn't smoke, but were exposed to, you know, smoking uh, in, in, in the household. So they theoretically are at increased risk of developing lung cancer. Uh, patients uh, who are exposed to radon, for instance, in the, the basement of their homes are also at greater risk. And, you know, air pollution, too, is, is, also, is also a risk factor. But, of course, the, the highest risk factor, once again, is uh, longstanding smoking history. We also have a lot of information on other types of risk factors and just going a little more in depth on some of these ones that you mentioned on our website. So I'll make sure to link those below as well. Before people do get diagnosed with lung cancer and while they're maybe looking into screening, they are most likely experiencing some symptoms. What are some of those symptoms that people should look for to let them know that they should bring this up with their doctor? So, you know, obviously patients uh, who develop lung cancer oftentimes will present with a chronic cough uh, that doesn't go away. Uh, they might be coughing out blood. Uh, they could be experiencing chest pain. 
uh, loss of appetite, uh, unexplained weight loss. There, there are multiple nonspecific symptoms that could uh, lead to a diagnosis of lung cancer. But I want to stress to your listeners, the key is to be screened before you develop any symptoms. Because if a patient develops these symptoms and then gets a scan and then has a lung cancer, there's a good chance that that lung cancer is, is fairly large and it, with, with a poor prognosis, right? So the, the key to, to low-dose lung cancer screening is to, of course, screen patients and scan patients before they develop any of these symptoms. And hopefully, if we do see a cancer, it's small and easily treatable. Thank you for clarifying that. So kind of jumping ship a little bit, just an area I've been personally interested in, and I know I've learned a lot over the last year, I would love to talk about smoking cessation and lung cancer. So many people think that if they already have lung cancer, that there is no point in quitting smoking because they are already diagnosed with lung cancer. I have read a lot that that is not the case and that quitting smoking at any point throughout your diagnosis or throughout treatments is extremely beneficial. So would you be able to touch on any experience you have with this? Yes, Lessis, thank, thank you for bringing up that point. I mean, that is super important for your listeners to know. I mean, obviously, you know, we would love, I mean, I think to me, there, the, there's a twofold approach to, 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 to lung cancer screening. I mean, you know, it's great that we have the technology now to scan patients and find a lung cancer early, but just as important is for patients to kind of understand that smoking, which leads to, like I said, to, to, to most lung cancers, you know, smoking is a risk factor that obviously is easily eliminated, right? So in other words, it's, you know, patients have high blood pressure. Patients have a lot of other medical problems that you necessarily can't, can't eliminate, right? But, but smoking is something you can stop doing. And I know obviously patients have a great deal of difficulty doing that. Uh, that being said, there are smoking cessation programs available. And, and obviously the American Lung Association is, 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 is one of the organization that offers smoking cessation programs. But yes, it's very important to, sm- to stop smoking that decreases your likelihood of developing a lung cancer. And want to also stress to your, your listeners that, you know, we get patients who come in here, obviously nervous about getting the scan done because they're nervous about the results. You know, we look at the scan and in 90% of patients, we end up seeing benign findings and then we just have the patient come back in one year for the next scan. And it's very important that even though the patient has a, you know, quote, unquote, clean bill of health after that first negative scan, it's important that if they are still smoking, that they stop smoking because just because you have one normal scan doesn't mean the next one's going to be normal. So very important to eliminate all risk factors, including smoking. So, you know, when bottom line, if you smoking is not good for your health. So if you stop smoking, it will decrease your risk of developing lung cancer in the future. And as we touched on earlier, also decrease other respiratory issues as well. So all in all, get your scan done and stop smoking. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. So is it still beneficial for someone to quit smoking while they're doing lung cancer treatment? Can it help their quality of life be better or can it help their prognosis lengthen? Anything like that? I think yes, on both fronts. If, if when patients, even with a diagnosis of uh, newly diagnosed uh, lung cancer, I think patients will still benefit for, for smoking cessation on, on two fronts. One, uh, they are still at uh, an increased risk for perhaps developing a second lung cancer. So that's, that's one reason. And two, and probably more importantly, uh, is that while they're getting treatment, uh, whether that's maybe a surgery, surgical resection, 
or that's that's radiation, their their general lung capacity will decrease during the time of treatment. So, I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, common sense would suggest if you have a lung cancer, for instance, that the surgeon resects, they're actually taking out a piece of lung. In fact, they're taking out a piece of lung that's greater than the size of the tumor because you have to make sure that you have negative margins around the tumor. So it, once a patient's had surgery, they, by definition, actually have decreased lung capacity relative to, you know, the, 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 the prior to diagnosis. So, yes, yeah, so still, you know, smoking cessation works on all fronts. Even right after surgery or radiation, it's going to help in terms of hopefully preserving whatever lung capacity the patient has left. Uh, and then two, potentially uh, preventing a second lung cancer developing years later. That is perfect. Thank you. I think that's very important to know. And I personally just want to get across the facts, as it seems to you, of course, that quitting smoking at any point is the most beneficial thing that we can do for our lung health. So thank you so much. As we're talking about actual screening, I would love to relate it to some things that some of us might already be doing in our lives, such as a mammogram. Would you be able to share how a lung cancer screening compares to a mammogram? Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's this very interesting question you bring up. So, you know, I, I oftentimes compare lung cancer screening to breast cancer screening. So uh, as your listeners might be aware here at Winsong Radiology, uh, we've developed a grand reputation on screening for, for breast cancer. And interestingly enough, lung cancer screening is very similar to breast cancer screening uh, in terms of, uh, of when breast cancer screening first came about, uh, 35 years ago or so, it was, it was a new thing and patients were confused, doctors were confused, so on and so forth. And it's been found that actually uh, breast cancer screening via mammography, and now obviously we do breast ultrasound, breast MRI, but uh, breast cancer screening in general has actually decreased mortality rate 30% uh, since it was implemented. Uh, and along those lines, uh, lung cancer screening has actually uh, resulted in a 20% mortality reduction uh, since it's been implemented. So I think it's important for your listeners to, to realize that, uh, to understand that, that lung cancer screening is, is very similar to basically screening for all cancers, right? Whether it's breast cancer or colon cancer or what have you, it's important to screen on an annual basis. And it's important to, if, if something is found, to catch it early. So it obviously uh, betters prognosis and increases the chances of survival. So I think I, I always like to compare lung cancer screening and breast cancer screening because you know breast cancer is actually the the second most common uh, cause of uh, uh, cancer death in women, uh, and lung cancer, as it turns out, is the number one cause of cancer death in both men and women. So you know one could argue you know lung cancer screening is maybe more important than breast cancer screening. You know, so you know the fact that women get their their uh, uh, mammogram every year, all the more reason that a man or woman who meet the criteria should get their low dose CT every year. That's amazing. Thank you. It's great to see the growth that you were talking about. And Alexis, so, you know, just wanted to add to, you know, in, in comparing lung cancer, breast cancer, I think women tend to be overall, women to be, tend to be better patients than, than men. And I think for that reason, uh, I think uh, mammography screening for the most part is, is pretty robust throughout the country because I think women generally take better care of themselves uh, in terms of scheduling their, their, their annual mammogram. Uh, unfortunately, with, with lung cancer, at least up to this point, I know it's still in its infancy and, and I'm hopeful things will change, uh, but as, as it stands right now, only 6% of 
patients who are eligible for lung cancer screening take advantage of that. You know, it's scary. So in other words, what does that mean? That means out of every 100 men and women who meet the criteria for the free low-dose lung cancer screening exam, only 6% of those people, 6 out of those 100, take advantage of that. So I think the key for us, and I hopefully you're you know, hammering this point home to your listeners, is that you know, this is a life-saving exam and, you know, it's important for all those who are eligible to take advantage of it. And 6% is, is a pretty low number, right? So we really need to get that number up. Give you some more numbers. The likelihood of survival if cancer is caught early in stage one is, is almost 60%. And the likelihood of survival, uh, five-year survival rate, if a cancer is picked up at stage four is about five years. So all the more reason to get screened annually uh, because like I said, if a cancer is picked up when it's small and uh, early stage, uh, like I said, it's a good percentage of those patients, a significant percentage of those patients survive, almost 60%, whereas if it's caught late in stage four, unfortunately, that five-year survival rate drops out about 5%. So super important to get screened annually uh, and uh, come back every year. 6% is such a low number, especially how we just discussed that the number eligible it was 7 million, I think you said, and has just increased recently to 14 million, yeah. if I'm correct. So I know that was a more recent change, but either way, only 6% of 7 million is still definitely not enough out of the people who are eligible. So thank you yes. so much for sharing that. I just wanted to ask a little bit about Winsong radiology specifically. So I know that Winsong does lung cancer screening. Do you know how many lung cancer screening patients that you see each year? You know, here at Winsong, uh, you know, we're, we're proud of our lung cancer screening program. The numbers actually, from a screening standpoint for us, actually have, have gone up. Uh, I mean, we did actually, obviously COVID kind of threw everything off, but even even kind of last year, 2020, we were actually screening about uh, uh, 280 patients a month, and we're actually up to uh, 345 for 2021. The number continues to climb, and, and like I said, I, I give our patient aggregators the credit for that, uh, to be honest with you, my job as a radiologist is pretty easy. I just read the scan. But, you know, I think it's very difficult for generally to get the word out there and convince patients that this is the right thing to do. But our, our patient navigators uh, called every patient, uh, discuss uh, how the exam is going to be done, uh, allays their fear, their, if they have any fears, talks to them about that, uh, and kind of ex sort of explains the whole process from them soup to nuts before the scan, during the scan, and after the scan. So I think, uh, I think you know, I'm very proud of that number. And like I said, very proud of our, our, our lung navigators, our patient navigators, because I think they're kind of responsible for getting that message out and, and you know, convincing patients that this is a life-saving scan uh, and that they should come in and get it, get it if they meet the criteria. So like I said, very happy to, to announce that actually our numbers continue to climb uh, as patients are sort of more aware of, of, of this life-saving procedure. That's amazing. Congratulations on that growth this past year. I think especially, as you mentioned, during a pandemic year, that that is a huge amount of growth. And it's great to see that people are still being reached and they are still being preventative in their lung cancer care. So we are growing those numbers, which is great to see. Alexa, it's very important for your listeners, listeners to also understand. I mean, I think obviously cancer screening in general, I think is an anxiety provoking study, whether it's a uh, low-dose CT or a mammogram or colonoscopy, obviously patients get the exam done. And by definition, since it's a screening exam, they, they're coming in asymptomatic. So on one hand, they're like, why, do I, why am I going to the doctor to get this test done? I don't have any symptoms. And on the other hand, 
They want to get the test done because they're worried about a potential cancer. So it's a very anxiety-provoking experience. But just want to make it clear to your to your listeners that you know when you when a patient comes in for their low dose CT, all they need is a script from their doctor. They come in. This scan itself is just a few minutes long. There's no uh, IV involved. There's no dye involved. Basically, they're just laying on this little table. They their body goes through this little tube. Uh, we take pictures with the CT scanner, and the whole thing just takes uh, a matter of seconds. So it's very easy to do, uh, and really no excuses not to get the exam done if you meet the criteria. So like I said, just trying to allay some of those uh, patient fears. The exam itself is, is non-invasive, easy to do, and uh, if you meet the criteria, please come in and get your scan done because it might save your life. Yes, that is perfect. Great to know. I think that's very important for people to understand. And if it can just take any fear away from a patient and get more patients into getting lung cancer screening, that's what we want. So thank you. I will make sure to link contact information for Winsong Radiology below. And I will also link, I know both on Winsong's website and on the Lung Association website, there is a lung cancer screening eligibility quiz They are actually the same quiz made by the Lung Association that you can find on either website. So I'll make sure to link those below. Dr. Trevor, it was great to speak with you today. Thank you, Alexis, for having me and uh, enjoying the rest of your day. Thank you again, Dr. Cheravu, for joining us in our conversation today and helping us to unite the community in learning about lung cancer and spreading awareness about the importance of screening and keeping our lungs healthy. As mentioned, resources will be linked below and make sure to visit winsongwny.com to learn more about their services, staff, and to speak with a representative or make an appointment. You can always find the Lung Association on Facebook at Lung Force Walk Buffalo, Fight for Air Climb Buffalo, or Fight for Air Climb Rochester. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next month.